So today in worship, we celebrate the day of Epiphany in our song, Christ, the light of the world. And we celebrate the baptism of our Lord in scripture, Jesus who unites heaven and earth, spirit and flesh. And of course, on Wednesday, this past Wednesday, the day of Epiphany, that witnessed a mob insurrection at the U.S. Capitol, egged on by the president. And many Christians have prayed for unity and peace. Good. Let's also reject the president's outrageous claims of voter fraud. And let's encourage a true reckoning and repentance of the the festering white nationalism and white supremacy that's at the heart of all of this. This was not the first, nor will, will it be the last outbreak of such violence. Let's work boldly and publicly and with love to clean up also the, the toxic false Christianity that is mixed in with this white extremism. I mean, this is the debt of love that I know I owe to black and brown people, to Muslim and Jewish people, to, to gay and trans people, and to many more, including those beloveds who are captive to these soul-crushing ideologies. I mean, even death could not overpower Jesus the Beloved. So do not be afraid and put not your trust in princes. One who is stronger and more loving and more wise is indeed in the midst of this sick and suffering and divided world. In the midst of us for good. Let's pray. Holy God, creator of light and giver of goodness, your voice moves over the waters. Immerse us in your grace and transform us by your spirit that we may follow after your son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Gospel according to Mark, the first chapter. The beginning of the good news of Jesus, Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and, and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to John and being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now, John. John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. 
and he ate locusts and wild honey. And John proclaimed, The one who is stronger than I am is coming after me. I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I baptize you with water. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit. Now in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee to be baptized by John. And just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn open and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Now, hearing this story again, I am moved by how everyone else was on the move. You know, in this fulfillment of the words of the prophet Isaiah, of preparing the way, there really is a way, movement, a, a beginning and an end, a journey for all of these folks to be on. I mean, it's significant that John appears in the wilderness and that Isaiah, in the first place, shares that it will be in the wilderness. It's not in the center of everything. And so people, these people, had to get up and go somewhere. They moved. This was the calling of the Spirit. Their own way of participating with preparing the way of the Lord. John was simply the voice, the messenger, but there is a way in which they all, by their movement, by their getting wet, by their confessing of their sins, prepared the way of the Lord. Now this kind of reminds us, recalls the, the themes of Advent and good. It also focuses us, refocuses us on Jesus, who just like all of the other people in this telling, Jesus was also on the move. And what's strange is it's not so much that everyone is following Jesus. It's that Jesus is following everyone else. I, I recommend a book to you. It's called The Interior Castle by Teresa of Avila. She was in, from Spain, a nun in Spain in you know, 1577, she wrote this book. It's a book about prayer, really, or a book about how God continues to lead us on and move us um, into the castle within our own souls, which is heaven, God's dwelling place within us. She describes these movements. I recommend that book to you. But what you won't read in the, in the book is, is the account of how Teresa started on this journey herself. 
you know, kind of like Jesus, she had a vision. Like, like Jesus, she heard a voice. And the vision that Teresa had was this. It was after she already had become a nun. She had a vision of, of Jesus standing before her. And Jesus said, who are you? And she said, I am Teresa of Jesus. That, that is a kind of a formal way in which she is a, as a nun would understand herself, would identify herself. I am Teresa of Jesus. And she said to, to Jesus, who are you? And Jesus said, I am Jesus of Teresa. This was the beginning for her, the beginning of a movement deeper into this life of faith, deeper into the arms of Jesus. This affirmation that as much or even more as she was of Jesus and for Jesus, that Jesus was of her and for her. That's part of what I understand from this movement that everyone else is leading Jesus on, in a sense. You know, you, we, could, we could imagine a God, a leader, who was too big and important to go to the wilderness, too big and important to join what the rest of the crowd was doing, too big and important to get dunked in a river, too big and important to, in that symbolic way, put themselves at the same level, make that, that basic identification with everyone else. This is not this, the good news that we have. This is not the Messiah or the God that we have. The Christ who is ours is fully ours. One who is willing for our movements to become his movements. To use wherever we go, wherever we've been, wherever we're going to go, to, to use that and draw that into this journey of discovering more love, more closeness with God, more salvation, if you want to call it that. I mean, these, these visions, these words that came to Jesus, that came to Teresa, don't worry if you haven't had them because they are as true for you as they were for Jesus, as they were for Teresa of Avila. Jesus is of you. And the heavens declare that you also are a child of God, the beloved. With you, God is well pleased. You know, when I was baptized, I was 17 years old. And I didn't have any great visions, no voices. I actually just got hit in the head by some ice cubes, which is another story. 
But what it was, was an affirmation. Remember your baptism. Long before I was baptized, I had a a Sunday school teacher. She would say, whenever Satan comes after you, this is the way that she talked. Whenever Satan comes after you, tries tries to seduce you and tell you that you're good for nothing, or that you belong to him, you just, you just quote back to the devil, tell him the day you were baptized. That's the day that the devil lost control of you. Jesus is on the move, is on a journey following after every single human being on this earth. And that journey is a, is a rescue operation. That journey is a liberation. That journey is the pursuit of love that all of us run away from. All of us wrestle with. All of us have trouble hearing or seeing for what it is. And yet so humbly, Jesus follows us. Jesus pursues us. Even though it costs his life, this love is so great that it's too big for death. After your death, that love will continue to pursue you as it will pursue all of us until we know down into our very bones that you are my child, the beloved, and with you, I am well pleased. Thanks be to God.